Hello, welcome to Dean Bodie Podcast. It's a Dean and Bodie show. Welcome, May 12, 2020, episode 11. And shot a little video for YouTube on the YouTube channel, Dean Bodie YouTube channel, uh, earlier today. Talked about Grand Prix Racerama. <laughs> Getting kicked out of Grand Prix Racerama. And we're going to talk about one of my first jobs, uh, Taco Rosa, on this podcast. And, um, <laughs> a lot of interesting the stories are endless okay and um i'm uh gonna be sharing some of these uh fun th- stories uh with you with my listeners on the dean Bodie podcast because we talk about anything we can go from uh i don't know 1960s to the 70s jump up to the 2020 flop back down to the uh you know to uh the 80s, bounce over to the 90s, whatever we want to do here is my point. So, And that's the whole thing. Be flexible. Don't worry about how polished and, wow, we're not doing any fancy editing or fancy sound effects and all that stuff and all this in the Dean Bodie <laughs> podcast. But we like the rough edges over here. And, you know, back uh, when I was, when I was working at the Pier 441, another shout-out for to George Delgardio um, and uh, – after hours, I would put together a couple pizzas. When I started cooking, I would make the pizzas for the road trip to Grand Prix Racerama. And uh, my buddy Eddie and Jeff and a few other characters we would bring along in Eddie's big white van. We had pizza. We had a full tank of gas most of the time. And we'd head on down, down on, let me see, 441 all the way past Sunrise Boulevard sunrise florida around there and it was a big arcade a big go-kart track and let me tell you it was uh, i can't remember if it was 24 hour or if it was um open till like late four in the morning but i think it might have been 24 but it was like it felt like it had never closed you know uh, these are back in the days when the games were pac-man and pinball and uh those kinds of games man but the the, the go-kart track was the main attraction okay and we would go on there we would wreak havoc on this place because let me tell you something about the go-karts okay you would watch the races before you while you're waiting for your turn and to see which ones were the fastest right and you didn't always get the fast one so if you ended up getting stuck with the slow one because when you're waiting in line and the go-karts all pull up and you think you you kind of eyeballed a few of the fast ones and they already got taken because you're so far back in the line, you're not going to get it. So you hope that the one you're sitting in, and it sounds good when you're sitting in it and you're hitting the gas and it's revving up the, the little go-kart engine and you know, you're hoping that it's going to uh, you know, have some speed. Otherwise, it turns into like you're getting lapped by everybody. You're just frustrated and that's when you, the, the, the monster comes out. And you want, you're, you're going to have to find a way to take a shortcut and get, and your friends are, are flying ahead of you. And uh, that's one of those things. So many times, many times we got thrown out of this place. I don't know why they kept letting us back. But they would, uh, you know, we would, if you had a slow cart, you would cut across the grass, which would basically cut the track in half. Right, bounce over these rubber tires that were around the track um, for cushioning for people that 
got cut off and it would run in off the off the side run off the side of the road and hit the rubber tires so out, out of protection you know and um so that's what we do if you had a slow cart you would uh, cut across the grass jump and your cart would kind of jump over some of the tires and um you know you'd get away with some of it but sometimes you did not get away and the powers that be or i guess some kind of you know um, Grand Prix security would get you out of there. And that was all part of it, you know. And once one person got thrown out, everybody had to leave, and that was the end of the night. But let me tell you, how much fun did we have there uh, over the years? It was one of those go-to places um, that I'll never forget. Uh, but when you had that fast go-kart, man, you were the man, okay? And you were flying around in first place and lapping people. And that that's really... You know, I'm not sure which was more fun, having the really fast one and, and beating everybody or having a slow one and having to come up with this crafty way of <laughs> causing problems, for lack of a better term. But that's got, that you had to. You had no choice. Otherwise, you're just going to lag back and really not have a great time. So you have to kind of create your own great time by cutting across the grass, jumping over the tires, try to get out there. And gain some ground <laughs> because it was annoying. Yeah, but that was a great time, man. And uh, what great memories there. And that, that kind of comes out of that Pure 441 time of my life. We're talking about the early 80s. And after our stuff, after you got off, what are you going to do? It's, you know, it's Friday night and um, where are we going kind of thing. And these are like the high school years and... That's some of the stuff that we did, and it was just unbelievable. And not only growing up down in the Fort Lauderdale area with the spring break, and that's another 100 stories that will be coming to uh, one of the Dean Bodie podcasts, but this Grand Prix phase, um, and uh, that was a great time. Whether fast or slow, it was fun anyways. And, uh, of course, I got to make the pizzas, so I was kind of a big shot from the get-go with being the pizza guy. Thank you, George, for showing me how to make pizza. <laughs> so, you know, around that same time, um, I must have bounced around a, many, a good handful of restaurants around that town in Margate. And, uh, you know, each place has its own story or stories attached to it. And this one particular place called Taco Rosa um, was an interesting place. It was a, you know, Mexican restaurant. And you make your burritos and your tacos and all the stuff that comes with it and the friolis. And you'd, we'd make cinnamon chips and we'd use this little special taco rack. And you put the you put the shells in this taco rack, which would fold them. And then you'd drop them into the, um, into the fryer and they would come out shaped like the taco shell. Pretty cool, you know. And I remember um, – I remember – Working there, this job I think lasted maybe four weeks, maybe maybe a little bit longer. Okay, but uh, one of the uh, my friends in the neighborhood got me the gig. He was like the manager at the time, and uh, first job ever. So when I was behind there cooking, this is after my training. You know, keep in mind, first job. You know, it's kind of nerve wracking. You don't really, you never done this kitchen work before, and. You know, so I would look at one of the tickets. It would say whatever, two burritos, two tacos, 
cinnamon chips. This I don't know. Have like eight things on it, okay? And I would look at a couple of them that I knew how to make and get the burritos going. And then I'd have to go back and look at the ticket again to see what the other item. And I'd have to go back and forth, back and forth, because I didn't get the memorizing the whole ticket thing down. Just wasn't happening, okay? So one night, the owner was watching me, and he uh, saw me going, doing this back and forth thing. Getting the burrito done, see what's next on the ticket. Oh, yeah, two tacos, go back, start those, go back and look at the ticket. Oh, yeah, Uh, the friolis, the enchilada. And he started yelling at me about why am I going back and forth, you know, look at the ticket, and then just go make everything. And he made me feel kind of like a moron, basically, okay? And he was one of these guys that was just like to yell at people, okay? And I didn't handle that very well, let's just say. Um, and that night, when we were cleaning up, my buddy, the manager, he's doing his thing, I'm doing mine, and I'm wiping around the counters and everything. And um, one section of the counter, I did not lift up the baskets um, that we you know, put the food in and serve with. I didn't lift up the basket area, and I kind of wiped around it. So he flips out on me on that. Why don't you lift up the baskets and wipe underneath the baskets? And I'm like, okay. And so I did it. Then we get to the last part of the night where you have to mop the floors. And I'm mopping the floor. He doesn't like my mopping technique. He, this guy was all over me about everything, man. Look, why don't you look at the ticket and go make the food? Why don't you lift the baskets up and wipe underneath the baskets? What's going on with the mopping? Then he, then he gets the manager, my friend the manager. He goes, show him how to mop. So Mr. Showoff grabs the mop, starts mopping back and forth like he is in the Mop Olympics. I'm like, are you kidding me with this mopping technique? It was like so overdone because he was showing off. And then the owner looks at me and says, see, that's how it's done. And then he goes to me, I tell you what, why don't you take two weeks off? <laughs> And it was my opportunity right there because this guy was getting under my skin that entire day about everything that I did was wrong. And this was the icing on the cake. And after he said, why don't you take two weeks off? I said, why don't I take four weeks off? And obviously that was the end of my, of my job. That was my last night there. But, you know, I knew I, I was going to respond in a way that I got to get out of this place. And... Also, knowing there was other restaurants around the neighborhood, there was so many to go and find another job. But this guy was just too much. I didn't want to spend another day there listening to that. But before all of that happened, and I, um, I'm going to say I quit, okay? Because my four weeks trumps his two weeks. I quit. He didn't fire me. I quit. So the burritos I used to make, though, when I wasn't getting hassled, and I'd have friends from, uh, from high school. They would come visit me on the, some of the days that I was working. And you have to make them a certain, like, 11 ounces, I think it was, or 9 or 11 ounces, if my memory serves me correctly. I would max them out, 16-ounce burritos. They were ripping the shell. They were bursting out of the shell. These things were monsters, kind of like the burritos that they make today at, like, Chipotle or one of those places and they make them, and there's these huge burritos. But the real ones, you know, 
you would make them so they were, you could pick them up and eat them. It wasn't like this fork and knife thing. It was, and they were open on one end. Hate to break it to you. They were open on one end and closed on the other. Not all this package folding looked like some kind of UPS package. This was, you kind of fold it in and roll it over and the one side was open and you could, you know, put the sauce in the open side and all that. That's the way I like them. I don't want this big monstrosity of a burrito that I got to get a chainsaw out to eat practically. <laughs> but, um, you know, still to this day, if I do make one, I fold it that way, like I learned in the beginning. You know, even though the job was short, I take that with me. So, you know, I'm taking pizza and learning and some cooking from Pier 441. I got bur burrito folding technique from Taco Rosa. You know, I'm, I'm building my, uh, my resume here, okay? And uh, so that, that's my Taco Rosa story. And that's uh, what the Grand Prix Racerama was all about at that point in time. It's all very connected here. And as you'll see as we go through this, and you're going to uh, see how many restaurants I really worked in as I bounced around the city. Um, and, you know, I took my good and my bad from each one of them. As a kid, needed some cash money in his pocket, and you know, um, as a teenager, and it was gold. It was gold. So, uh, hey, I hope you enjoyed those stories today, and we're going to keep them coming on a daily, right? And this is the Dean and Bodie Show, um, and we're having fun doing this. I hope you're staying safe out there and uh, keeping a good, positive attitude as much as possible, you know, uh, just keep your head screwed on straight, take care of yourself, keep your immune system strong, of course, and um, take care of your health, that's major right now, um, and don't saturate yourself with all the bad news that's going on all the time, find some healthy outlets, get out, get some air, get your favorite music on, put your headphones on, put your playlist on, and do what you got to do, and uh, as all this gets figured out, and it will. And like I always say, we'll be bigger, better, and stronger when this is all said and done. And the Dean Bodie podcast is going to keep moving forward. So, in saying that, it's Dean and Bodie show. Have an awesome day. See you soon. Bye now.